The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 11th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, To what will I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to one another. We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We wailed, and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, He has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is vindicated by wise deeds. At that time, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal the Father. Come to me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. I neglected to mention at the beginning of the service, I apologize, that we have moved to using our summer bulletins, our reusable summer bulletins for July and August. So today, after you leave, uh, please make sure that you return uh, the yellow portion of uh, your bulletin. You're welcome to take the insert. Each week we will have a new insert for you. And uh, this is where it says in the summer bulletin, see your insert, you find everything there. Thank you. Well, grace and peace to you all in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We've all got it, don't we? Don't worry, I'm not talking about the coronavirus. But I'm talking about burden. Your burden may be something like that, but there are all types of burdens and severity of burdens in this world, and they differ from person to person. There are some out there that try to generalize burden that we all feel, even though the types and the severity of burdens should never be generalized. Because what might be burdensome to one person may not even be considered a burden by another. This is also true about the severity of burdens from one person compared to another. But none of that differentiation matters to God. What burdens you? Even if it doesn't burden others, no matter what it is, it is enough to bring to God through Jesus. There are no conditions, friends, for when Christ comes to give you rest. No conditions for what qualifies for you having rest in him. Christ doesn't say in our gospel today, only if you're burdened by this or by that can you find rest in me. Nor does he say, only if your burdens are this severe 
or above will you find rest in me. No. All of our burdens, and I mean all of them, are worthy of Christ's attention and rest for you. As we heard in the passage, you don't even need wisdom or intelligence to find what God has to offer. And in light of my inexperience in life and ministry, sometimes I am very thankful for this. Let's be honest, every single day. And although I've preached on this passage a few times before and read it all the more, I heard a fresh perspective this past week, one that I'm hoping you haven't for the sake of it being fresh and new for you, too. Because the common interpretation of this passage from Matthew is that Christ provides freedom from the yoke of anything and everything that causes burden. This leads many to assume that the way of Christ has no yoke or no burden. But a very simple understanding of all the suffering that Christ and Christians throughout history have endured is proof enough that burdens do come in this Christian life. But that is not what Christ says. Rather, he says that his yoke is easy and the burden light. The burden of a disciple of Jesus is still there. It's just less burdensome and just that much easier to bear than any other burden in this world. At least that is Jesus' argument. It's also easy to hear this text and assume that Christ is calling all to religion as if its yoke is none more burdensome than anything else in the world. But in a decreasingly religious culture, religion is entirely burdensome to so many for so many more reasons. Perhaps you have been through a time in your life when religion was almost too burdensome to bear. Maybe you're at that point now, but even if you're at that point, you're still here in worship today, still listening to this sermon, still here for some Christian witness. And that says a lot about your ability to endure the burdens of this life, that your burdens haven't closed you off to completely hearing God's still, small voice. Maybe that burden drove you away from religion for a time, but another burden has perhaps brought you back. No matter your circumstance, let me say thank you for bearing with institutionalized Christianity when it has burdened you the most. I point this out in hopes that we might interpret Christ's calling to a less weary and burdened light life of a Christian even if that may not come with the burdens of institutionalized religion. I know many in my generation would be glad to hear this from the pulpit. In fact, it was my time in seminary in the U.S. among colleagues that I encountered the most people who had been burdened by institutionalized Christianity. This isn't to say that they had given up on faith or even the institution of the church, but this is the very reason they felt called to be a leader within that church, precisely because of the burden 
that they have experienced within it. They wanted to be a part of the reform within it so that it wouldn't be so burdensome for others. They had experienced the burden of religion, but all the other burdens of this world, and were still devoted to God's church and to witnessing the life of a Christian. And they knew full well that it still comes with burdens of its own. Even if you're not working as a church professional, we are all called to the life of witness through our Christian faith, through everything that we do, and especially how we deal with and respond to the burdens of this life. I know I've kind of become a broken record in the past few weeks about this, that you are called to witness to your Christian faith in everything that you do, but it's important for you to hear, even if redundantly. And the unique thing about the burdens of this Christian life is that we are not called to bear them alone. We are not the first to have been burdened by whatever you are dealing with in this life. And what is more, we are surrounded by those who have embraced the burdens for us. So that we can encourage each other when we are wearied from them. Through that support, that reconciliation in Christ, we find our rest from all that burdens us. Both as a response to our calling to be a witness of Christ in this world and all the other sin that burdens us in this world. Today we also heard the riddle of that passage from Paul's letter to the Romans. It makes you want to read it two or three times in order to follow the logic clearly, so make sure you take that insert home to meditate on it. But how many times have you said to yourself, like I have, in a similar wording of that first verse from our second reading, I do not understand my own actions. Or more loosely translated, why did I just do that? Maybe you didn't realize you had this one verse memorized only because it resonates with every human being and our experience in this life. It's a daily occurrence for everyone. We do the very thing we hate because we are victims to the power of sin in this world. As Paul says, I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do. Your friends, God created us to do good and all the more really want to do good. But unfortunately, when that good cannot shine through, it is because of the sin that dwells in our temporary bodies. This is not a permanent dwelling. The goodness from our God is, it is woven deeper into the fabric of our very soul. And even though sin creeps in and out throughout our life, it never fully resides like the goodness of our God does in our soul. This is because sin preys on the temporary, like our bodies, but God's goodness is ingrained into the eternity of our souls. So even if you can't find the means to forgive yourself sometimes, to release the sin from within, come together in this or any Christian fellowship 
because we are here to do for each other what we find so hard to do for ourselves, to forgive. In the eschatological sense, or our very salvation, Christ has already done for us what we couldn't do for ourselves, forgive. Find rest in Jesus when the burden of sin gets you down. As bleak as it can make our lives, trust and know that God's grace is more powerful than anything that can cause you to question why you do the very thing that you hate. May this powerful love be the endurance we need to rise above the sin and do the good that God created us to do. May God's awesome love through Christ be the strength we long for to step past temptations and the burdens that they bring into the way of Jesus. Because although we can probably think of 10,000 reasons we've done the things we hate, there are 10,000 and forever more reasons why God will never let anything come between us. Bring your burdens to bear here, dear friends. Because nothing is too great for our God, for us to find rest in him. Amen.